The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to G. Cobb in the House on Voice America Sports. I am Micah Warren, along with my buddy Haran Knight from gcobb.com. What's going on, Haran? How you doing this evening? Can't complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, This is my first time. I've been back. I was in the Bahamas for eight days, which wasn't too bad. How was that? It's sweet, but you're a married guy, right? Yes. When you went on your honeymoon, did you? What's that? Said two years in December. (laughs) Oh, good for you, man. Good for you. Uh, For your honeymoon, where did you end up going? I was in Jamaica. I actually got married while I was there. (laughs) Ooh, here's a question. And I'll, I'll be honest. Did you go to a Sandals resort? Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. We got some talking to do, and I know this is a sports show. We'll get to it. The Sandals resort, I mean, were you disappointed at all? I mean, that... But the one that I went to in, um, in Ultra Rio, Jamaica, it was lovely. They treated us like royalty. Um, I have, I, Next time I go down to the islands, it'll probably be a, on my end, a Sandals resort. It was very nice. The people in the Bahamas were so nice. Um, they couldn't have been nicer people. But, man, when I saw, because, you know, you know that wasn't cheap. You know what I'm saying? Oh, not, not at all. <laughs> they not any discounts. The food, I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> when I saw the Randy Moss comments, I was like, did he get it a sandals? I said, that makes sense. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, other than that, though, it was a good time. It was, it was just great being in that kind of weather. Uh, you know how it gets in Philly this time of year. So, so it was nice. But it's good to be back. Um, and if you notice, that wasn't an accident. Because everyone said, oh, you're on your honeymoon. Did you just get married? I was like, no. It was about a month and a half ago. She asked okay. me when, when we wanted to go on our honeymoon. And I looked. I was like, let's get the Eagles schedule first. Bye. <laughs> Done. Get Smart so move. That, that's how I determined when we were going. Um, so it, it was nice to be away. It was nice to not have to, to worry about the Eagles for a week. Uh, sometimes right. it can be frustrating. But here's the thing. we got the Colts this week. So it's basically a team that is, since 1999 at least, has absolutely owned the Eagles. Owned them. So right. it's the team that owns the Eagles versus Andy Reid's record out of the bye. What's he, 10-1? Something like that? I think he's 11-0. and 0. He, has, he didn't lose one of those? I don't think he's lost one post-bye game. Okay, you might be right. I, th- I thought he lost one in there, but, but the point is he's great out of the bye. Um, the Colts are pretty banged up, but it's always Peyton Manning. It's always Peyton Manning. They haven't, they haven't been here, what, since 2002? Remember the uh, the James Mungro game? Yes, I, I remember that game because <laughs> everybody just knew that all you had to do was play the pass because um, I think Edgar and James was out, out that game and Mungro comes yep. out of nowhere. 
Who was who was Edgerin's backup then? Because I felt like somebody else was out also. Like Mungro was third string. Like he was low. Right. And I'm trying to remember who their backup was then. Um, I, I forget. It was, it was one of those, like you said. Yeah, I just stopped the passing game. Now they can't run, and he busts like a 50 yard run up the gut to start mm-hmm. the game. I think it's first play of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long day. I mean, and then you go back to '99. I remember I was I was still in school in Boston watching. At a sports bar, I mean, it was just a behind whooping. It was right, right. when Peyton Manning was starting to hit his stride, and Edger and James still ran like Edger and James. I mean, he was just, just killed it, mm-hmm. 44 to 17 or something. And I right. coming over like, you still watching this game? I was like, I have to. have to. Of course, in 06, they went out to Indianapolis against Garcia. Garcia wasn't bad. They put up a few points that, that night, but uh, overall, it was another butt whooping. So this yeah, week... No. You can't beat the Colts if you're trying to um, match them match them with points. So, and even even then, I think the Eagles, the the 21 points they got in that game, like two of the touchdowns came late after the game was. You kind of already kind of knew who was winning. No, yeah, it was, and they came late. That's when we thought this team was in for big big trouble in '06, and then they rebounded right. the following week with uh, the win over Carolina on Monday night, and that started the, the winning streak. Um, but the Colts are banged up probably more than they've ever been uh, in the Andy Reid era. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've seen, but Clint Sessions not playing. He played last week with a uh, broken forearm and dislocated elbow. So mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's questioning his toughness. Right. <laughs> so so that, they don't have Dallas Clark, which hurts. Um, I don't know who they're going to have opposite Reggie Wayne. I think Austin Colley comes back. But Anthony Gonzalez is hurt again. Uh, this might be... He didn't look himself when he was in the game last week. Like, it looked like he needed a whole training camp before because he just looked out of sync that, that game while he was in it. Yeah, and you remember when he first came to the league, he looked like he could play. Right. Um, but the nagging injuries, at some point they're just going to build up. The Colts aren't going to withstand much more of this injury nah, report. No. stuff. They're not going to – I mean, they, they rely on the receivers too much. I mean, it – they can get away with a couple of undrafted picks, but they value their receivers too high to be this banged up. Yeah, I mean, so Collins come back. Is Garcon will be back, I believe. And it's so funny. You watch every week. More guys get hurt, and just Peyton turns them all into stars. It doesn't matter. I mean, how many times you watch the Colts this year? Like, who's that guy? They're just bringing right. him in off of nowhere. Oh, he had 76 yards and a touchdown. No kidding. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be able to play on any team in the NFL. But so Dallas Clark being out is a big deal. Uh, they, they like to use him, and it's down to the point where they are turning. I don't know if you saw this. Jacques McClendon is a 324-pound guard who will make, wear number 80 this week. They're making him a tight end for the week. So I didn't, I didn't hear about that. That's, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. <laughs> I don't know how much he's going to play unless they just use him in run packages. Maybe he's, he's just going to be obviously a blocking tight end. Oh, you know what? Who knows? I mean, who would see that coming if they ran him out on a couple patterns? Oh, yeah, guess, yeah. Especially with the smallest defense the Eagles have. Um, if they start using that and try to – I can't see the Colts trying to do a power game, but if, even if they try that package, it's still it's still going to be tough on the Eagles. Yeah, maybe Ernie, Ernie Sims can finally cover this guy. We'll have to see. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to break, break Ernie Sims' balls. I'm just not a huge fan. He's way too good and way too athletic to have this to have his name mentioned so few times during a game. 
And the only time he has mentioned it was for the $50,000 fine he got. That's the biggest news he's made since he's been here. <laughs> so. <laughs> but also, yeah. Noah, Noah died. No Joseph had died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, Mike Hart. No Mike Hart. I mean, this is Mike Hart's not an all-pro, but it, it's an issue that he's out. So I guess you're going to see uh, Donald Brown. Um, and, of course, Bob Sanders is out, which is nothing new because he, he, he doesn't he, he get announced this as much as Marlon Jackson. So. <laughs> he doesn't get mixed up. He reminds me of Chris Pronger years ago. Like When he got hurt, he makes it count. He's got, like, busted shoulder, arms hanging off of him. Yeah, it's, it's when Bob Sanders is hurt, it, it's for a long time. So, yeah, because he's still... He's one of those people that, the way they hit, he's one of the people that the league is trying to crack down on because mm-hmm. of, of his style of play. He he goes at you head first. It, it ends up hurting him more than it does the people people he tackles. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, and Ernie Simmons, remember, had that problem coming out of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, the linebacker, I believe, was out of Florida State, was that he had concussion problems because he hit people so hard he'd give himself concussions. Um, right. So yeah, and, you know, and what do you think about that? These fines are getting serious. I know, I know. Everyone says, "Oh, these guys have multi-millions." Man, fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars. Look what Harrison's been fined. James Harrison from the Steelers in the last two weeks, like a hundred thousand dollars, least. Well, they're, they're, they're keeping an eye on him just for the simple fact that he was very vocal about the, the rule changes to the point where he mentioned retiring because of it. Right, so it's, he's, he has to watch himself, and anybody with that style of play, I mean, he just got to learn his other, way, his other ways to tackle, and that's what the defensive guys in the league are going to have to learn to do. Yeah, James uh, Harrison. Unfor- unfortunately. Yeah, and it's going to change the way the game's played. I mean, James Harrison's becoming the uh, Rashid Wallace of illegal hits. Remember for a while, Rashid would get technicals for just looking at an official because he was right. such a mouth. Yeah, I, I remember that game. They, they they even said, "Stop staring at me." He <laughs> said, <laughs> "Don't stop looking at me." And he just looked at him and got the technical. He would have what, like forty some technicals in a year. I mean, it was just insane. But once it's like you said, once people start to look at you, now the microscope's on you, and that's why Ernie Sims needs to shut his mouth. Talking about Peyton Manning is better off out of the game. You know, G wrote something about that earlier this week. You can't, you can't do that anymore because now you're putting yourself in the spotlight, especially after you just had a fifty thousand dollars mark. Why yeah, did you talk? That goes that goes back to the bounty bowl. Yeah, <laughs> there's a certain stuff you can't say because it, um, it just makes the league watch watch every move that you make just to see if you're conspiring to, to knock somebody out. And especially not the golden boy. If he's talking about knocking Peyton Manning out the game, you might as well just not show up. Cause if you sack him, you might get fined, even if it was legal. And then they're going to change the rules to make sure you can't sack quarterbacks anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating, but that's the kind of stuff that happens when you touch Brady or Peyton. You know, right. you graze the back of their helmet with your fingernail. That's $10,000. So exactly. to even say it, you know, what if you do get a good clean lick on him and, and he, he chips an ankle, whatever goes out of the game? It's kind of ridiculous because it never happens. Now they're going to look back to you mouthing off. Guaranteed you get fined for that. So, yeah. that doesn't affect the team as much as it affects Ernie Simmons. He's got to be brighter than that. Um, I'm, like, for something like that, if I was Sean McDermott, I would limit 
blitzing some storage now, just because it's going gonna, it's gonna to extend that drive. Now, closer Sims gets to Manny, it's, it's the likelihood that a flag is going to get drawn, especially like on third downs, extend, extending the drives. So, I, I would try. I would use somebody else in those situations. Yeah, I'll worry about Ernie Sims getting to the quarterback when I see it. Uh, we have to take a break, though. This is G Cobb in the house. We'll be right back when we talk more Eagles. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Every Monday, tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views, is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Here's what's happening this week on Forever Hunting's Trail with Jim and Tran. World Fishing Network star Mariko Izumi, first-time successful Nebraska elk hunter Becky McFarland, and the intrepid Benny Spies will be our special guests and will be hit on the trail with a guy who uses his fishing license as a form of ID. We're talking about those guys from the World Fishing Network at WFN.TV. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here. I'm G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with Ron Knight from gcob.com. Talking about birds, colts uh, this week. And one of the things I want to discuss, because, and this just gets back to it, it just irritates me that I still don't get why Sheldon Brown had to go. Uh, he, he wasn't, you know, wasn't playing his best football of his career, but he was still better than what they had. So they make him both Hobbs the starter, which he should not be. Now, he's so bad that they bring in Dimitri Patterson for this week. Now, I'm fine with him as like a four or a five, but really, Dimitri. I mean, I don't know what you think. I mean, that's really thin on that side. I'd rather not be playing Peyton Manning with a fifth cornerback out there. Uh, right, right now, I, it's like, it's, what other options do you have? Like Ellis Hobbs, it was so obvious with Hobbs that 
the plays were getting called in his direction. Even even in games where they weren't getting to him, they were going downfield to him all the time. And like for one example, they was going after him a lot in the San Francisco game. It's just Alex Smith was having that was when Alex Smith was having a bad game. But they still you can still tell that they made a point to pick on Ellis Hobbs. Uh, Patterson, I have to personally root for him because he's a I'm a former Tuskegee person. So, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he's the best option. You would like it to be Trevard Lindley, but he's just not there yet. Um, they knew he's going to have to play. Him. He's going to at the very least. He's going to have to dress. Yeah. He, he's going to have to play. He, he's definitely going to be dressed for the game, but he, he's still – he might be a year or two before he can claim that starter spot probably. Wonderful, which is – why you don't wait to the fourth round to grab these guys when there's other guys ahead of that, but whatever. Oh, well, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, looky, this is what gets back to me about the Sheldon Brown thing. This wouldn't, you know, you, you could have just left Sheldon out there. Why, why did he have to go? Because you wanted more money? I want more money. Everyone wants more money. Right. They, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like they had to make a point. This, just like with um, Randy Moss getting cut after – Giving up a, a third round pick for him four weeks ago. Um, sometimes they just want to make a point where you, you're not going to go against my rules. And I mean, as good Sheldon was, he, he I don't know why they, they cut him myself, but well, they shipped they, him to the Browns, him and Gokong to the Browns for what a fifth round pick and Alex Hall or something like that. Who's not who's not even there anymore, so <laughs> I think he just signed the Giants They probably could have just got rid of um Gokon for the fifth round pick <laughs> for all of that. Yeah, yeah it just was it, I didn't get it at the time and it's like, you know what, guys always want more money and I don't I don't I don't think cause, cause essentially that's what you want. A lot of these guys are like pay me or get rid of me. But aren't you kinda of giving in by doing that? Right. And, and as far as we gotta talk about the mall situation. Oh, my God. Brad Childress, I used to have a lot of respect for the guy. The more, I mean, this guy doesn't get it. And I'm not talking about cutting Randy Moss. You just arbitrate, you just unilaterally decide that it's time for him to go, and you didn't tell the owner, you didn't tell Chris Spielman, you didn't tell anybody. Who does that? Yeah, and, and this and at the rate that team is going, that's the last thing you, you want to keep the owner informed of everything. Just so that you know that y'all, the two of you are on the same page. When you're just making decisions like that, it wasn't even like a game. It's something that could have been reprimanded in-house uh, for an incident inside the cafeteria or wherever it was. Um, I mean, I'm not going to condone what Randy Moss said to the to the people, but... He's a punk. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I mean, he really is. And I always try to give him credit because there's times when he shows that he can behave himself. But how many times? I mean, he, he's just he's a punk. And you could think with, in a contract year, he might behave a little differently. But, you know, Childress, I, I didn't see any rings on his fingers. That's, not at all. <laughs> they're not even playing well this year. That's not something a coach in hot water does. Who would do that? Especially, especially, if, especially when you, it's already, you're already in a public conflict with your quarterback. Uh-huh. So this is one more headline that you got to deal with. He just he just seems to keep doing it, and I don't know if you saw the report. Uh, there's one that just came out actually saying Wilf was inches 
from keeping moth and and firing Childress on Monday after that all that came out. Wow. I mean, and if that's the case, and it probably is, if I own a team, the only guys pulling that crap better have a last name of Parcells or, or Belichick. You know, hardcore guys you can turn the team over. Not Brad Childress. Jeez. Right. It's career still. I mean, <laughs> and okay, let's look at it this way. Let's say he makes it to the season, quits, gets fired, whatever it is. If, you're, if you own a team, would you give this guy a head coaching job after this? Probably not, because um, he it was already like a shocker when they made him. He was already riding a high from getting to the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator of the Eagles. Right. That had a lot to do with him getting a head coaching job then. Sure. But now, but seeing how he is and how He's handled like a lot of situations. He doesn't. He doesn't handle adversity well, which is which is not good for somebody that's <laughs> supposed to be running an organization. Obviously, so. <laughs> doesn't handle adversity well. If that's on your resume, that's not a good thing. He doesn't handle the media very well. He doesn't handle his players very well. He obviously doesn't handle upper management very well. And now everyone's just saying he's lost the locker room. That, his players just want no part of playing for him anymore. And there's no there's no stability. I mean, especially the, you can't get away from the whole Brett Favre situation because this is a guy you sent the organization sent people down to his house to beg to come back, and now midway through the season you're having having whatever it is on the sidelines with this guy. So this it, is just not a good situation for him. It, like for a while, another. Going to another quarterback situation, you would think that McNabb would end up with the Vikings next year, but Childress isn't going to be there, so you just, you just never know. <laughs> no, and it's not looking now. Speaking of that, let's talk about that, too. Wow. <laughs> wow. I saw that. Of course, I found they had a British pub down there with the mm-hmm. Sunday ticket. So I was watching football all day Sunday while the wife was at the pool. I can't do the pool all day. I get bored. But anyway, so I'm watching this, and we were flipping through all the different games, and Donovan's on the sideline. I'm like, oh, my, you know, if he get hurt, what happened? Flat out benched him. And speaking of dealing with the media, does anyone realize how stupid you look when there's a situation like this, and in the next two days you give about three explanations for it, all different? Yeah, that was the, that was the worst explanation I've ever heard, not just in sports, but almost in history, because they just, whoever's last name is um, Shanahan just kept contradicting Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. They just kept messing up the story the whole week. They probably got a new, had a new answer for why they benched him today. (laughs) It's amazing. And then it's almost like instead of saying all these things, why don't you just say, I think you're stupid. Because that's basically what you're telling me when you give me a bunch of explanations like this. And if you think I'm really going to digest all that, you just right. think I'm stupid. I'd have to be a moron. And, and right. i got to say this, too. I'm not as high on Shanahan as everybody else. Neither am I. He, he won the two Super Bowls, and I, I, you I can't take that away from him. Fine. He did that with one of the most devastating running games we've seen in a while. John Elway, who was really a game manager at that point, he did it with a lot of talent. After Elway left, what's he done? Even even past Terrell Davis and 
Elway, you also had Shannon Sharp. You had they had a very good defense. You had um, offensive line. That, that offensive line that was catered to his style of play. So he, he that was just a very talented team. Once Elway retired, it just went downhill from there. And I think they, they got to the um, AFC Championship. And I think it was 2005 when they lost to the Steelers. But other than that. They, they stunk ever since Elway left. <laughs> and, and, and look at the quarterbacks he picked. And don't forget, what he, he didn't do anything in Oakland either. Um, right. Brian Greasy. Ouch. Uh, then he went to yep. Jake Plummer, who took him to the AFC Championship game. You never know with Jake Plummer. Like, he would have times where he, he proved he could play, and other times, like, basically he would burn you for giving him the confidence to, to be the guy starting the season. Um, right. So he never really got the right quarterbacks in there. He goes and gets Donovan. They have an awful offensive line. Santana Moss, not what he used to be. You know, Anthony Armstrong, Roy Dell Williams. I mean, looking at these names. I, I'm okay with him cutting Devin Thomas. Um, I, think, I think some people assumed that he should have given him another shot. Or that he, well, what's the deal? Was he just in the, the doghouse from the beginning? I mean... It's tough when he was in the doghouse with other coaches, too, so it's tough to, to put that on Shanahan. Right. Um, he's not in place down there. No, he's not. And I kind of saw that from the minute they traded him. Everybody else thought that the Redskins was going to make the playoffs. Um, I, I just didn't see it. Um, he had a brand-new left tackle. Um, they didn't have the receivers. He still had the Hainsworth situation, so he didn't know how – stable the defense was going to be. So, and then McNabb's actually played worse than he did with the Eagles, in, in my opinion, yeah. while he's been there. Oh, he hasn't been good. So. No. His, his quarterback rating is, I think it goes back to his rookie year, how bad he's been. Right. So, it's it's just not a good situation for him. I think he'd be a fool to resign with the team, even though he talks about they're, they're in the works. No, he's not. You know, I saw a report from someone close to him as a source said that, oh, I think it Wilbon had said it. He's a friend of McNabb's. Uh, Wilbon's from the Washington Post. Well, he's with ESPN or whatever. Now, I can't keep track. All the media people change their head. Um, but he said basically absolutely no way he resigns with the Redskins. And why would no. he? Here's a good point. And you brought up the Hainsworth situation. Now, now he's got problems with Donovan. He's got problems with Albert Hainsworth, which isn't really anything new. He had problems with Devin Thomas, and I'm talking about Shanahan. At what point right. is this all linked? Who's the one common denominator? Oh, precisely. It's kind of like um, the whole situation with Childress in Minnesota. Uh, you keep rubbing the wrong way with your star, your key, your key players, not just regular guys, but these are the guys that are, you're supposed to be building your team around. But those are the ones that you're rubbing the wrong way, which is not a way to get a get proper chemistry on a team. Right, I know Donovan hasn't been good at the two minute drill since early in his career. What people forget though is early on he was really good at it, probably because he used his legs a lot more. Um, but then, then after a while, I guess you know, just things it just doesn't. Now, supposedly Howard Eskin said that's one of the reasons why he wasn't good at it because he can't remember two plays at a time. I don't know if I buy that. It's, I don't. I don't buy it either. I mean, McNair, for, for, for all his mistakes, he's done a lot. So, just to put these couple flaws on him like that at this prime time is ridiculous. 
Yeah, I don't remember conditioning being a problem, but uh, we got to take a break. We'll come back with more Eagles talk, NFL talk, wherever the wind takes us, Haran. I'm Michael Warren. We're on D-Cobb in the house. Bye, Cobb. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. We are back here on Utah in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with Haran Knight. Uh, talking some football. And let's keep talking NFL because it's – I, I got to tell you, even when I was away for last week, I basically just wanted to talk to people, ask them where they were from, and then talk about their favorite team. I just – I can't get enough of it. I, I love the NFL. Actually, we're going to get into some hockey later on too uh, for the last segment. Let's talk a little flyers. Um, it, it's a weird year. Last year you had a couple really good teams. And then you had some that, there was like five, that didn't even belong in the league. It was terrible. This year's completely different. I don't really, I'm just looking at some of the standings now. I don't know who stands out as the best team in the NFL. Uh, Patriots at 6-1, and one, definitely a good team. I don't love them. You know, the Ravens, every time I start to love them, they disappoint me. Steelers, same thing. Colts at 5-2 and two are... Ugh. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it with all these injuries. But you have other teams like Kansas City at 5-2. and two. Are they going to be there? Who do you think right now? If you had to look at the AFC, 
Do you think there's any one best team, or is there kind of a group of maybe four or five that are all on the same tier? The team that impressed me the most in the AFC, I would have to say, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Just for the simple fact that I didn't, I didn't expect them to be three and one um, the first four games without Ben Roethlisberger, and then right. you know, they, um, come out and do what they did when he when he got there. I mean, he had a, it seemed like he was a little rusty at first, but I think they're going to come along fine. Yeah, they lost to the defending champions, but in, in their house. So, I mean, that's not something that's like them, in my, in my opinion, about how good the Steelers can be. I mean, not just that they lose. Um, New Orleans needed to win that game more than the Steelers did, so they played right. with a lot more urgency in that game. So, But definitely the team that stands out for me would be, would be Pittsburgh. I mean, you got the Patriots. They're doing good. You have um, the Jets. The mix. Which they all depend on Sanchez, I mean. Everything, yeah, everything revolves around Sanchez on the Jets. And, I mean, it's kind of hard to really put, even though the Steelers went 15-1 and when Roethlisberger was a rookie, uh, it just seems like Sanchez isn't ready. When you put everything on him, that he's going to be the guy to carry the team, and he goes back to looking like he did in his rookie year. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to think about him. I go from liking him to disliking him on a week-to-week basis. He's still very inconsistent. He's still very young. And that's tough when you've got what they have invested in so many veterans in every other aspect of the team. <laughs> if your quarterback doesn't play well, none of it matters. It really yeah, doesn't. And the sad part about it is they built that team, they built that offense for him to be successful. He, he, There's no excuse. He has a, bun, a bunch of talent at the receivers. He has a, a pretty decent tight end in Dustin Keller. You got two, you got Sean Green, you got LaDainian Tomlinson, who's, I don't know if he went in a fountain of youth or anything, but he's still he's killing holding me. on strong. Right, killing. <laughs> I, I I I did two keepers in my fantasy league. I, I I had to choose. I had to keep Ray Rice, and I had to choose between Sean Green and Arian Foster. I was like, I know I'm going to blow this. I know I'm going to blow this. Sure enough, I kept Sean Green. I think Ladainian was toast. They don't even give him the ball. Kill him. No, not at all. I don't. I, I don't think I've seen a Jets game where Sean Green was on the field. He had like a hundred yards rushing uh, against the Bills, only because you know I think. Uh, Sanchez had a hundred yard rush in that game. <laughs> the building so bad. But yeah, but not the, just do they had a talent. They have um, a pretty decent core of veterans. I mean, not that Braylon Edwards and Santonio Holmes are the mo- most mature guys that have in the locker room, but I mean, they still have some type of, of good mix of players on both sides of the ball to, to be a decent team and to not put a, a whole bunch of pressure on Sanchez. So I don't. It shouldn't be. He should be able to handle the situation that he's in better. They put him in, and like you said, the Steelers going 15 and 1 with Roethlisberger as a rookie. I mean, that is ridiculous. You're not. That, no one can expect that. But they put Joe Flacco in position to succeed. Um, right. You know, they 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 will put quarterbacks in position to succeed even if they're young, and they've done that. So you just said they've done that. And you know, it's they're still five and two. I'm not. I'm not knocking them. But if they, their quarterback play was a little bit better, they you know, probably wouldn't have lost yet. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, they, 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 AFC is wide that's open. That's one team that could be 7-0. and <laughs> Right. And, I mean, and the funny thing is, of all the inconsistencies, his best game was against the 6-1 and Patriots. <laughs> right. 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 Well, that's why, that's why it's so confusing. 
you just he's such a wild card. You really just don't know what you're going to get from game to game. Um, I just I don't think I'd put my money on too many teams in the AFC right now. There's just too many good ones. Even Kansas City's five and two. They're all right. I mean, and, and, you know, the Raiders are coming on. And you're yeah, the, still- the Raiders. The, the Raiders are feel they finally seem like they're making a right turn. They're really looking like they're going in the right direction. And it, it took five or six years, but eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a team that you want to play. And I mean, they played tough last year against the Eagles, even though the Eagles should have won that game. But sure. it kind of showed in that game that they're they're going to play tough. So that that they. Now they're learning how to win, which is a scary, is a pretty scary thought, especially if if you're the Chargers. Yeah, I mean the good news for the I can't say it's good news for the Chargers because they're banged up so much. Well, Nandi Asmoa has a uh, a high ankle sprain, which the Raiders they're not good enough to be taken on that kind of water. And Zach Miller, who's been one of the best tight ends in football, it's not probably would be if not for the year Gates is having. Um, right, he's banged up and he's probably not going to play this week. The AFC West. Keep your money in your pocket. I would. The only thing I think that's a certainty is that the Broncos are going to stink because I don't know what Josh McDaniels is doing over there, but whatever. I, I have no clue. I, I don't get him at all. I don't, I don't either. I mean, even when you know, I'm not trying to you know dogpile on Josh McDaniels here, but even when they took uh, No. Sean last year in the draft, and afterward he's like, "Oh, I know how tough it is to find these guys. You got to go get them." Blah blah. How many running backs are successful that are undrafted, <laughs> low-round picks? You do not need, unless somebody is special, and I don't know that No. Sean is special. I don't think he is. No. Why would you take one in the first round? You know, if you can block for a guy at this level, most guys will figure it out. You know, right. you give a guy the blocking, you know, unless he really just has no instincts whatsoever, like Travis Jervy or something like that. But... So even when he did that, I was like, boy, really? And then next year you trade up and get Tebow. Really? To his, what, what string is he now? Well, they, he's, you know, if you want a quarterback to run one-yard sneaks, you get him in the first round and you trade up to get him. Probably the toughest play in all football. Like, I don't even know if he, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a Tebow guy. I never really was. The NFC is the bigger question, though. The Saints are still going to be there. The Buccaneers at five and two. You think they're for real? Um, actually, I do. And the reason why is, even though they they had a bad, they were horrible last year, and they were like a top three pick. What people forget is they were one game from making the playoffs a year before. So it's not like they weren't a competitive team. So and you add that plus the the um. Development of their quarterback, I think, is Josh Freeman. They they got the the draft picks they got this year. They've got a pretty nice young mix of of talent on that team that's already kind of had some experience with winning. Right. So I'm not really surprised at what the Buccaneers have done at all. (laughs) I am a little bit. I'll tell you why. I I haven't loved Raheem Morris. I haven't. But if he keeps winning like this, then the – I don't know what to say if he keeps winning like this. I mean, did you see LeGarrette Blunt last week? No. When he leaped, oh, my God. This kid, it's a shame he cost himself so much money from being stupid. If you don't remember, you guys don't remember LeGarrette Blunt was the, uh, the idiot on Oregon that decided to pop the Boise State player after the, their week one loss oh, last year. Yes. He got suspended yes. for the year. <laughs> but he's got talent. He clearly can run. 
You know, right. you throw guys like that in there, and you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be so surprised uh, that the Buccaneers have played pretty well. Um, not just not just that. That is that is the NFC South, which how many years has it been that the last place team has ended up finished first the next year? It's got to be the weirdest division in football. Weirdest. <laughs> it, it is really odd. And I mean, there's all, all the, the the records of of the home team wins. I mean, it's it's like almost clockwork. Right. It's a very weird division. Teams go up and down that division. You know, you never know if the Panthers are going to be an elite team or completely awful. You know, it's terrible. So, I mean, I think in the NFC, though, I think I like the Giants so far. At this point, I feel the best about them. The Packers are beat up. They're really beat up. Atlanta has a nice team, but then what do you think when when the Eagles do what they did to them? I, uh... Right, they were totally out everything in that game. Like, it... I thought that game was bigger than the actual score. It could, it could have been like 38-40 something to 7. If the well, that crappy like defense like got a hold of it. Right. So, but other than that, Atlanta's been pretty successful this year. I don't I don't So, you never know what them either. But like you said the the Giants are the Giants have a they just have that one steady constant, and that's that defensive line. Oh, so. and it's finally playing again this year, even with Kiwanuka out. Now, they lost to the Titans and there's another AFC Colts. The Colts. The Colts. So, even their two losses are non-conference. If you had to pick a way to lose, if you had to pick on the schedule games to lose, it's to the other conference. Right. So, so they're looking strong, maybe even, even in head-to-heads. Um, I don't think the Eagles are good enough to, to make much noise. I mean, but but then again, it's tough to say when you look at how bad so many other teams are. I mean, the, the Giants are probably, if I had to guess, the team. I mean, I don't think we're going to mention anybody out of the West, are we? Not not at all. That, the, West, <laughs> the, the West, I mean, whichever conference it is, the West, the West division is is just is just pathetic. Absolutely, the, absolutely awful. And uh, we got actually we got to take a break right here. Uh, we're going to get back on the other side, maybe talk to flyers here. Uh, Josh Chad's going to join us from GCOP.com, and we will see you guys in a few minutes. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in nfl history tune in to wide open with andre rison andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison, featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice American Network. We talk about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and how to get more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they're also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. Tune in every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time to IS Outdoors with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Hi, everybody. We are back here on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren, along with Ron Knight. We've been talking a lot of NFL tonight, but I wanted to get to some hockey, talk a little Philadelphia Flyers, because, you know, they are uh, sending, what, Eastern Conference champs. Got to give them a little love here. Uh, and we got our buddy Josh Janet on from GCOB.com, and this guy knows more about the NHL than is probably humanly necessary. Uh, what's happening, Josh? Hey, Micah, thank you for having me on. Uh, no worries, man. Thanks for joining us. So I want to get into the Flyers a little bit. Uh, kind of a winning streak going on. Um, I want to know what you're seeing so far. I mean, the, the goalie situation to me is a disaster. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I can buy that Bobrovsky is going to, and, and even when Leighton comes back, uh, can do this for an entire season. What do you think about the goalies right now? Is, like, is it possible that they can just kind of piece this thing together with goalie duct tape to get through the year? Well, the tough thing to tell right now is the fact that Sergei Bobrovsky at 22 is a rookie in the NHL, and he looks phenomenal right now. But a lot of rookies tend to hit the wall some, at some point uh, in their, you know, their first year in the NHL. Um, I was actually surprised that it didn't take that long for Bobrovsky to get acclimated to the NHL, or to, I should say, to the North American style of hockey. As you know, the international, you know, rank tends to be a lot larger. You, uh, 
you tend to see less sharp angle shots, less traffic in front of the net. So um, some of that might be the credit, or some credit might be due to the Flyers goalie coach Jeff Reese there, who's uh, he did a great job with Leighton last year. So it's hard to say right now that Bobrovsky is the goalie to go with here on out. Um, I mean, he's 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 definitely mm-hmm. won the fans the fans uh, appreciation at this point, considering the mess that it's been for so long. But uh, it's hard to say. Michael Layton right now is he's uh, he's starting to skate again, and he'll probably be back or at least available to the Flyers sometime in December. You know, it's it's going to be tough to see if he's ready to go right from the uh, as soon as he gets back on the ice, or you know where that's going to where that's going where he's going to be able to take the Flyers. But it's uh, well, yeah, because it takes a while to get acclimated to, to give up five hole goals. I'm sorry, Haram, are you saying something? Uh, uh, well, I mean that last goal. Consider you know that last goal of the season last year hurt a lot. But that said, I always I would always defend Michael Layton for his season last year due to the fact that the Flyers were doing horrible around this time last year. I think they were in a 17 game slump, or or they won seven, or they lost 17 out of 21 games between November and December. And when he came in uh, off of waivers from Carolina, I mean he he kept the Flyers in for for as long for as best he could. I mean, I'm not going to fault him entirely, but you know, as a lot of people say, just because he, it doesn't necessarily mean he has the right to be the number one goalie. But I will give him credit where credit's due. Well, yeah, it's not his fault. I mean, if if Laviolette put me in goal, it's not my fault. I stink. This is all we had. You know, I just I don't think I'm not a huge Leighton guy. And when I was talking about the five holes, it really wasn't just that last hole to Kane. There it's was just, some yeah, soft... he's a history of five holes. And they're just they're so deflating to a team. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens. I mean, they did a great job last year protecting whoever was in there with defense. You just go out there and knock shots down and, you know, keep them clean, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other side, how good is Claude Giroux? How good can he be? He's the most creative player. I mean, he's phenomenal to watch. Claude Giroux is going to be a superstar in this league. There's no guarantee. Or not guarantee. There's a... Uh... I was about to say there's no guarantee, but no, I guarantee that he's going to be a superstar in this league. Uh, he had a little bit of a slow sophomore season, but again, he was much in the way that Breer wasn't playing his natural position for many years of the Flyers. Drew spent a lot of last year on the wing, which is not where he's he's best acclimated. Obviously, with his playmaking abilities, he's better at center, and this is the first year that the Flyers are really giving him the opportunity to center a line, and he's he's definitely taken a step up this year. I think he has maybe four goals right now, four or five goals, and he uh, three of them at least are shorthanded, which is kind of a, kind of reminds me of Mike Richards a couple of years ago when he was leading the NHL shorthanded goals. And we're only what 13 games in. I mean, there's nowhere to there's nowhere to go but up for Giroux at this point. And I would be very surprised if the Flyers don't retain him after this season. I think they have to. I think I just I think they have to. He does what he does is just too unique. He's just too creative and brings so much to the table. Now, just a quick look. We've got a few minutes left here. Uh, what are their chances in this division, and even to make a run in the playoffs, uh, what's, what's going to be their big obstacle, their big hurdle? Uh, I think the division-wise, the division isn't going to be a problem. New Jersey is a complete mess, so I'm not worried about them. The Islanders are the Islanders. New York's yeah, always terrible. been a bit of a playoff bubble team for the last few years. They're not a team that you can take for granted, but they're not a team that you can – they're not a team like the Capitals. And then Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. They're not doing all that great right now, but you can never count them out either. They're, they're going to be a playoff team no matter what. 
Um, as far as the conference goes, there's a lot of teams that the, the Flyers have a very good chance to get in the playoffs based on their play at this moment, although the season's early. Um, I mean, right now you have teams like the Capitals. Uh, Boston is doing phenomenally this year. Tampa Bay is a big surprise, although a lot of that probably has to do with new coach Guy Boucher. Um, and as far as the Western Conference, the Western Conference is about as strong as it's ever been. Usually it tends to dominate the Eastern Conference in points. Um, it's hard to say at this point if the Flyers have a chance to make it back to the Cup just because it's so early. But right. based on the way they're playing, if they can get a consistent effort, the way they've been doing the last couple of games is a good shot. And what's I, think been, with, uh, uh, I think with Laviolette, you're not going to get a lot of the hand-holding you had with John Stevens, which kind of hurt the team for for a bit last year and the year before. Well, so far this season, uh, and I know it's very it's very early, so it's tough to tell, but what's your biggest surprise, I guess, with this team, and what's your biggest disappointment? Like, I'd say my biggest surprise is still goaltending. Uh, you know, I, I expected the season to start with Leighton and not, not expecting him to be out eight weeks, as well as having Bobrovsky perform the way he has. That's got to be the biggest surprise for me this year. I mean, since when has goaltending been one of the Flyers' strengths? But right now, between Boucher and Bobrovsky, they're ranked 10 and 11 in the league for, for goaltending. So, I mean, that's, that's a surprise for me. And uh, what was the second question? What's your biggest disappointment? I mean, is anyone in particular you're disappointed in? That, uh, well, I think the biggest disappointments right now are Jaredev, or Nikolai Jaredev and sophomore rookie, not sophomore, sophomore James Van Riemsdyke. Jaredev was sat by Laviolette for two games just because he wasn't playing the way the coach wanted to, him to. Yeah, and I saw he was a healthy uh, scratch. What? I saw he was a healthy scratch a few games ago. Yeah, well, at the time, Laviolette wasn't saying that um, it had anything to do with the way he was playing. It was just the way that he wanted the matchups against Pittsburgh. But everybody could read between the lines that this was the coach's way of saying, you got to play the way I want you to play and work a little bit harder, and I'll get you ice time. He got ice time this time around because of the fact that Rear was suspended and Nodal was hurt, but he's definitely shown a lot more, uh, a lot more jump in his step, and he's definitely shown that he has a lot more that he wants to offer this team. So that's definitely impressed the coach. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk right now is slumping in a big way, and it's Ugh. definitely noticeable. That's my disappointment this year. And I'm not ready to give up on him now, but he, need, he may need to have the same – treatment of Zherdev where he sits out a few games to figure his game out and then just get it back to the simple, you know, basics. But until then, it's, he's, he's been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, overall, just watching him, he kills me. But we got to run real quick. But any, any predictions right now? we got Eagles-Colts this week. Haran, what are you thinking? Um, I hate to say it, but I think the Colts are uh, still going to pull it off. <laughs> I do, too. Um, I don't see the Eagles I'm thing. It's like 30, 35-21. <laughs> 35-21. All right, that's a good one. Josh, you uh, Eagles, Eagles or Colts this weekend? Oh, I'm going to have to go with the Eagles, but not for any particular reason. <laughs> All right, you're, uh, you're being nice to the hometown team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate it. Look, we got to run. Uh, I want to thank Ron Knight for hanging out with me all night. Uh, Josh Janet for coming on talking some puck. And we will see you guys next week on GCOB in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Have a great week, everybody. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.